The fantasy genre is vast, complex, and has existed for time immemorial. It is a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life, but also a method humanity uses to examine itself in interesting, boundary-shattering ways. We are fascinated with the heights of glory we can rise to, with the depths of depravity in which we sometimes fall. Fantasy gives us an opportunity to reflect on these themes, and let's face it, it's also just plain old fun. Join us weekly on Fridays for the Fantasy in General podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy in general. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. everyone welcome to episode eight of fantasy in general big for short got it down now we do (laughs) okay so i introduce you say the nickname the end yes okay we got it by episode eight i feel like that's pretty quick i agree yeah so um excited for this episode i am too very excited we have some feedback first and foremost from our figgies that we want to address. No figlets yet. No, no figlets that, well, that we know of. That's true. Maybe, there might be some. Maybe figlets listening with the figgies. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so if you're a figlet, let us know. Because we want to hear from figlets as well. Because we love hearing younger perspectives. Um, I know that I feel like I'm young. But I know that I am not anymore. Are you finally admitting this? Well, you're old. Oh my gosh. You know what my son told me the other day? What? He said, Mom, when you're old, I'm not going to love you anymore. (laughs) See, that's why we need comments from figlets, because children are brutally honest. Yes. And then he said, when I die, he won't remember me. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) What did you do to him? I I don't know. I honestly, uh, I got really hurt by that comment. He got in trouble by his dad, so... Was he mad at you? No, we were just driving in the car and it was just deep thoughts, I guess. It just came out of nowhere. Completely out of nowhere. Completely out of nowhere. So he's put some thought into this. Yeah. So um, that's where I'm at. Hmm. (laughs) My son is not going to remember me when I die. Um, (laughs) So hopefully somebody else does. My daughter will. Oh, yes. She'll remember me. Yes. Your daughter still likes to have like sleepovers with you like spend the night with you yeah she's pretty obsessed so yeah which that's good she'll remember me oh for sure somebody loves me she'll make sure that your son remembers you too <laughs> yes she, she will, will never be quiet about yeah, it yeah that's true um okay so we have some figgy feedback i love this look at that little alliteration <laughs> figgy feedback figgy feedback uh we have an email First, from our patron, our newest patron, Stephanie Chrysostomo. Yeah. Uh, Feeling saucy. Are you going to read this one? Uh, No, go ahead. You read emails very well. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I don't want to impose. No, go for it. Or overstep. No, please. Okay. Let me see if I can read this because I'm old and my eyes are not as good as they used to be. Okay. Stephanie writes, hey guys, what about doing a Charmed episode? Did you ever watch all 938 seasons? (laughs) It's probably pretty close. Just an ideal. Idea. Idea, Sorry, that's an exclamation exclamation mark. There's my old (laughs) eyes. P.S. I watched the first episode of Firefly and have to say it was pretty good. Love you guys. Steph. 
She watched Firefly. You know what? My mission is done for the week. I have a Firefly convert. All right. Well, this was a great episode, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, you said your mission's done for the week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. You took it a step further than I was willing to. Your but... eyes got very big. You were very afraid that I was, was going to turn off the recording. I was going to say, we did a lot of preparation for this. <laughs> um, but welcome to the brown coat, Steph. Ooh, Steph the brown coat. She's also, uh, she let me know she's listening to The Hobbit on audio. Uh, what's it called? Audiobook? Yeah. On Audible? Yeah, there you go. I mean, audiobooks are a game changer. Audible is a game changer. I'm sure. I need to get into that. Because I like to listen to podcasts. So yeah. I could really consume some books quickly that way. And if you can process the, the dialogue quickly or the, or the narration quickly, you can set the speed up higher on Audible and just plow through a big book pretty fast. Is that what you do? Occasionally. Oh, and you understand it? Yeah, if it's, I mean, depending upon the book, if it's a book that's really dense, then a you lot probably of, have to slow it way down. I mean, or, or listen to it at regular speed. Oh, I don't have okay. to be like, okay, so what about Charmed? Did you watch Charmed? I've definitely seen some episodes. I saw reruns when I was younger on, I think they used to play it on TNT all the time. Oh. Do you know what she's talking about? Yeah, I know it. It's like the three, uh, the three sisters, right? Who are witches? Who yeah. are witches? Yeah, I, I've never seen an episode before, though. They're Shannon Doherty. Yeah. And Alyssa Milano. And then that other one who's in uh, Pretty Little Liars. She's the mom. Who's that? Uh. Pretty fa- little fact checker. Fact checker. I know Pretty Little Liars, but I can't remember the mom. But the other one, I know the character's name is Piper. But I have no idea what the actress's name is. Well, that's what fact checkers are for. It's true. I'm, I'm trying so hard here. She's slow. I'd today. be down to do an episode on Charmed, maybe Holly not. Combs. Holly. Holly. Holly Marie Combs. Holly Marie Combs. Is the mom or is Piper? Is both, Piper. right? Uh, no, Piper is not the mom. She's a sister. No, I know. She's the mom in Pretty Little Liars. Correct. She is. Is she really? Yes. Yeah. Would you look at that? Yeah. Interesting. Rose McGowan was also in it for, I think, a couple of seasons. Oh, really? I think she took over for Shannon Doherty because apparently nobody wants to work with her. Uh, okay. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I'd be, I mean, I'd have to do a Charmed episode. We definitely have to do some research because yeah. I've seen, like, maybe... I've seen... I Actually, I think I've seen a decent number of episodes. Definitely not all 938 seasons. Yeah, I wonder how many actual seasons there are. Fact Man, checker. we're making our fact checker, yeah. fact checker work tonight. That's three fact checks in less than a minute. Yeah. Uh, well, if she wants to eight. keep her job. Oh, there's eight seasons. That's not too bad. That's a pretty long. I think each season was over 20 episodes. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So you're looking at a decent number of episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's that's 178 episodes. 100, 178 episodes. <laughs> on it. Heims from fact checker Himes. On it. Um, but that would be cool. I mean, I would definitely have to watch some of it. Oh, for sure. Um, You'd have to put up with, yeah. What? Never mind. No, tell us your feelings. I just, Alyssa Milano to me is an underwhelming actor. Yeah, I see that. But I, I get it. She's popular because if Alyssa she Milano is listening, listening, you know we what? We apologize. I apologize. And please but... guest uh, appear on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'd so. be awesome. You know what? I would rather host Ahmad Best 
on our podcast, the actor who played Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, let's reach out to him. Let's try. Okay, so let's talk about some more feedback that we got, because that's a good segue into more feedback that we got regarding our last episode on Jar Jar Binks. Yes. So we noticed that on our Instagram, uh, somebody posted a comment Sam, uh, it's the handle Sammy Dickinson, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Hashtag stop prequel hate. (laughs) And so that got me really thinking because you know me in movies, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm not a great movie critic. I really love a lot of movies that probably shouldn't be loved. I don't know. You and I watched, I mean, along with other people, but you and I watched Kong versus Godzilla together. Oh, I loved it. And I... Every now and then, I looked over to see how other people were processing the movie. And when I saw your face, your eyes were so much... They were so wide in awe of what was occurring. It was incredible. I was like, the monster fights are cool, but this storyline is complete and utter hot garbage. Oh, yeah, it was trash. (laughs) But I mean, that's why you have the monster fights. I guess. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, well, that was great. Yeah. So... So here's my take on the prequels. This is my very honest take. Okay. It's Star Wars, so I love it. There were some characters or actors that left a lot to be desired. Yes. But as a whole, I don't, I'm not like mad about it. You know what? I communicated with Sammy about this. Oh, you did? A little bit, yeah. Oh, okay. And he made a good point. He is uh, younger than I am. That's all I'm going to say. Is he a figlet? No. Okay. He is a figgy. He's a figgy. Okay. He's a figgy. And he made the point that he grew up with the prequel trilogy. Like that was the Star Wars saga that came out during his childhood. That's true. And so he has an intense affinity for it. And he said that it's a nice, easy, casual watch. Like you can it just is. put it on in the background. And then when you got friends over, you can say, oh, wait, watch this fight between Count Dooku and Yoda. It's really cool. Count Dooku is legit. I mean, it's Christopher Lee. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's the thing. Like there's a lot of actors in it that are like, boom, awesome. There really are. So... You, and But then, on the other hand, there's actors that are like, why do you look constipated all the time, Anakin? Hashtag Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's my thing. And so I get where he's coming from. I'm glad that you shared that. Because I watched uh, the OG trilogy before the prequel. And so I had more of an affinity towards that, I guess. So we can tell how young you are. Did you watch the prequel trilogy? Excuse me. Did you watch the original trilogy after the prequel trilogy was already out? No. Before. Before. Okay. Before. Yeah. Okay. Before. Just making sure. Yeah, I had those on VHS. I, I got did them. Too. I got them as a birthday gift. I did too. Oh my gosh! And then Look I got. Us. And then I got it on DVD. And yeah. And now I own it digitally. I don't own it digitally. I have like the special edition. It's like in a gold case of all of the, well, I guess not all the movies anymore because there's the post trilogy. The Oh yeah. But I mean, even those, Episode I like, I like them. I don't know. There's, there's parts that are weird, but I, it's Star Wars. What I are en- you going to say? I enjoy Episode 7. 
I enjoy The Force Awakens. It's a fun movie. Except when... Is it a spoiler alert if I say what happens to Han Solo? No. I think this... Like, if you're listening to this, I mean, you should watch or read. When the new Hayden Christensen, a.k.a. Adam Driver, kills Han Solo, it's very sad. Yeah. What? Oh, okay. Oh, Himes. Okay, Himes. Whatever. You've watched this movie. <laughs> she Maybe she fell asleep. But you have to pay attention when Harrison Ford dies. You know, Harrison Ford actually wanted Han to be killed off in Return of the Jedi. What? You didn't know this? No. Oh. What a little jerk. Why would he want that? He thought that... One of the big three, Luke, Leia, or Han, needed to die. And by Return of the Jedi in 1983, Harrison Ford was just as well known for Indiana Jones because Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in 1981. So I think he wanted to move on and he told George Lucas, hey, I think Han needs to die in episode three. And George Lucas did a power flex and said, not only am I not going to kill Han Solo, if you don't come back and play it, I'm going to cast somebody else. Really? Yeah. So Harrison Ford was like, <gasps> well, darn it. And oh, came back. Oh, man. What do you think? Is he more well-known for Han or uh, Indiana? I think at this point, probably Indy. You think so? I think so. Okay. I wish we could talk about Indy because so. I don't know that it's... Could you... I guess you could maybe twist Indy to be fantasy because of the supernatural elements, I think but... So. We can talk about him eventually. Okay. How cool is it that he has potentially, I I haven't been to Star Wars land, Mm -hmm. okay, his face in two lands of Disneyland. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. You made it. You did. In case he didn't know that before. And Harrison, excuse me, uh, George Lucas did not want to cast him as Indiana Jones. Steven Spielberg was like, how about Harrison Ford? And George Lucas, Lucas said, no. Wait, as Han Solo. No. What'd I say? Wait, you're confusing. What? So George Lucas didn't want to cast him as Indiana Jones? Correct. But George Lucas is Star Wars. George Lucas is also Indiana Jones. He is? He wrote and produced it. Oh. Steven I didn't Spielberg know. Okay, directed. I didn't know that. What? Yeah, mind blown. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that guy had power over Harrison. Yeah. So he owns you, bud. Pretty much. Steven Spielberg wanted to cast Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. George Lucas said, no, I don't want him to be my Bobby De Niro. Because Robert De Niro's in a bunch of movies of Martin Scorsese's. Yeah, yeah. And It's kind of like you have one, you have the other. Yes. Almost. Have you not ever heard this before? No. I'll do it quickly. So originally Tom Selleck was cast to play Indiana Jones. What? And they were about ready to start filming. Okay, I can see that. I mean, Tom he's Selleck. He's kind of boring, though. He, like, like he's too... your no, 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 tongue. No, 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 I'm sorry. He seems, like, too serious. Harris, or excuse me, Tom Selleck? Yeah. He can be a little goofy. Oh, okay. But um, he was about to start filming Indiana Jones, and then he had already committed to the TV show Magnum P.I., and there was a scheduling conflict, so he couldn't do it. Isn't that crazy? And George Lucas was panicking, and Steven Spielberg goes, how about Harrison Ford? Oh, man. Yeah. What a bummer. Power flex. Yeah. (laughs) What a bummer for that guy. But, I mean, that's awesome, though. I did not know that. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. 
And the, you're welcome. And the Entertainment Weekly columnist Ty Burr made a comment about Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones and said, any other actor would have played him too straight or winked too hard, but Harrison Ford <laughs> made him legendary right off the bat. Yeah. I can see that. Which gives me chills. He's so, uh, he's just so smooth. Is that a quote that you memorized? It sure he's is. A, yeah, that's incredible that you memorized that. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> we know who your favorite actor is. <laughs> Very clear. Very clear. Anyways, that was a major sidebar. Yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, oh the prequel. Yes. Uh, so I don't hate it. I have to be honest. I enjoy Revenge of the Sith. Okay, I can I feel watch. like r- true Star Wars fans are mad about everything else other than the OG trilogy. So, I mean... Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, other than the OG trilogy. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking prequels. Like, like they really? They literally every- get mad at everything. I know, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's Rogue true. Rogue One did well. Did you like uh, Solo? You know what? I, I did enjoy Solo. I liked it a lot. And I think that... Solo came out, was the next Star Wars movie that came out after The Last Jedi. Yeah. And fans were so mad about The Last Jedi, I felt like they took it out on Solo. Yeah, I I liked it. I did too. I thought, I don't know his name, the actor that played Han. No idea. Did a great job. Mm-hmm. But the actor that played Lando did incredible. Oh, Donald Glover? Is that who it was? Uh-huh. Yeah. Childish Gambino? He did a great job as I, Lando. I thought he did a really good yeah. job. The relationship we had he had with his droid was a little weird. It's Lando's weird. What are you gonna do? I guess he is a little weird. Yeah, he's kind of strange. What it, what's his name? Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich? Think- Played Han. Played Han? Yeah. <laughs> I would guess he's German. I yeah. mean if he's not German, he had a he had a very convincing English ha- or American accent. Yeah. Uh, so, and anyway, that's what I, I feel like Star Wars fans are always mad about something. Mm-hmm. So I just choose happiness, you know? Yeah. Is there a difference? But I guess the ignorance is bliss. Are you calling me ignorant? <laughs> In some regards okay. with Star Wars. Okay. Fair. Um, I don't know. I like everything Star Wars. You give me Star Wars, I'll eat it up. Love it. Yeah. The Mandalorian's awesome. It is. And I'm excited for the... Uh, Boba Fret episode? The Boba Fret season. <laughs> um, and also the uh, Obi-Wan one, eventually. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah, that one's going to be really good. Super interested in that. I wonder if Ewan McGregor, oh, Natalie Portman, Samuel L. Jackson, Ian McDiarmid, all these wonderful actors, Christopher Lee had to get together and go, listen... We got to really step up our game because we got to carry this Hayden Christensen cat to the finish line. I know, right? <laughs> that guy got worse. <laughs> they just had like a quick huddle. Yes. <laughs> and you and McGregor's like, I got to do like all my scenes with him. You guys are lucky. Oh, you know what? You know what else? Uh, some quick feedback. Uh, somebody let me know that when you said, you are my brother. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> I'm going to try to do this well as I did. You're my brother, Anakin. <laughs> okay. They thought that that was a recording. I take that as the highest of compliments. Yes. They thought that um, they were concerned for us legally. Because we took a clip from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So, and I was like, no, that was Bobby. 
he does a great job. Oh, speaking of mm. doing a great job, have you rehearsed your, Sc- I'm not going to do it, Scottish accent? Oh my gosh, I haven't. I'm trying to think what I I gave could say. you a week. I know, but life, life gets in the way sometimes. Okay. Oh, man. Can I do it next week? Okay, fine. Do it next okay, week. Okay, I got to figure out something to say. This is ridiculous. Oh, my god. Two gosh. weeks prep. Okay, so then one more thing. You got some feedback from somebody else. I did. I spoke with somebody who listened to the podcast, and they told me, he told me, He's a little disappointed that you and I both so quickly dismissed the Darth Jar Jar theory. Um, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. How is that believable? <laughs> Tell, okay, write in and let us know your argument then. Give us some fan fiction. Mm. Yeah, give us us some reasoning why that is even, and don't tell me his like triple backflip dive into the pond. Give me something else. (laughs) I've heard some theories from other people that we didn't cover last week because I didn't remember uh, finding this in our research. I guess some people really believe that Jar Jar is a Sith Lord because they're Sith. Oh my gosh. Sith Lord because there are some scenes where other characters are talking and it looks like Jar Jar Binks is moving his lips as if he is basically the puppet master. This seems like a trick for me to go back and really pay attention to Jar Jar Binks. I mean, are you upset about that? You no, love the prequel trilogy. I know. Okay, well now I need to watch. Okay. Sammy Dickinson, get on that. Well, yeah, so we'll have to, I guess we'll have to watch and then touch back on that later. Noted. Yeah. So. I'm down. Yeah. Okay, but I also want um, him to write in and let us know his reasoning on why we shouldn't have dismissed it as quickly. I'm still going to dismiss it, but maybe after (laughs) five to ten minutes. Maybe you'll humor him. Yeah, I'll humor you. Um, We do give multiple methods for communication. Yes, we have our email, thefigpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at thefigpod. You can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the fig pod and for as little as five dollars for as little as five dollars a month and you get really cool things as you go up that's correct so i mean there's really no downside to that agreed in my opinion uh but real quick uh because we're running we are we've been chatting for a while we need to really get into the meat of this episode you like um, saying that, I do. that phrase a <laughs> I lot. I do, The yeah. meat. Let's the get meat. into the meat. Yeah, we're going to slice into this medium rare meat. Mm. Uh, just a quick reminder to everybody that Space Jam comes out today. <laughs> Go and watch it because we are going to be doing a special episode pretty soon. Yes. Now, are we, just to clarify, because I don't know if we've discussed this in too much depth, are we doing a special episode on the new movie? Or on the original Space Jam? Yes. Yes. Okay. Copy that. Okay. Uh, But yeah. Anyway, so let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, and then we will talk about our character of the week. Yes.
And welcome back everyone. We're about to do another character deep dive and this time we are diving back into the LOTR universe. Yes, Lord of the Rings uh, from Figgy Suggestion. Yes, this is the second of at least a few episodes we're going to be doing Figgy Requests. Figgy Requests, I love that. Uh, so we had another post on Instagram where uh, a little image was posted and we said that whoever was first to guess would get a shout out. Um, and we have somebody that answered right away. Palmer795, congratulations, you win nothing. But you I do mean, get a shout out. He did respond with a question mark. That's true. You have to be confident. If nothing else, learn from me. Just fake confidence. It'll get way. you so far in life. It's true. Galadriel exclamation point. Kelsey has no business being where she is right now, but fake confidence got her yes, there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I have no real skills whatsoever oh. i'm just kidding no i have a lot of skills yes but but yes it is galadriel exclamation Ooh, mark galadriel except she's not that makes it sound fun and she's not like a super fun you know when you see galadriel i don't think ooh, she's gonna be a blast you know no but i feel like galadriel gives you the warm fuzzy comfortable feeling Ooh, no no I don't think so. When you see Galadriel, I feel like you're at peace. You're at peace, but that also makes you a little bit uneasy. Hmm. We had way different reactions when we yeah. watched the movies. Well, you were taken away by her looks, I think. You know so what? <laughs> I think that's the problem here. You know what? It's not a problem, I guess. It's not a problem. Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, I guess we differ big time on that because I definitely, um, the whole time... She's. I feel like she's so powerful that it makes you a little bit uneasy in her presence. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Especially in Lord of the Rings trilogy. She had some weird stuff going on a few times. Yeah, I mean, I think I know about a specific scene you're speaking <laughs> yeah. of. Um, and there's another one where she looks at Boromir and he cowers in fear. Yes, yeah. But See? We'll get into a little bit of that, but... Boromir had reason to fear her. That's true. Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. No warm fuzzies for me. Mm. I will take her... Um, I would have been like Gimli and said, I just want a hair from your head. And she will never give it. She gave three to Gimli. To Gimli? Mm-hmm. She did? Absolutely. Because she gave none to, uh, oh man, we'll get into this. Okay. okay. Yep. All right. So let's dive in. We already dove in. I feel like we uh, dove in prematurely there. We jumped a little the gun bit. a little yeah. bit. So let's first talk about her origins and her background. Okay. And so there's not going to be a lot of like theory-based discussion in no. this because Tolkien was very thorough. He was thorough. There's still some things about her that are a mystery, but not to the point where people have a bunch of wacky theories about yeah. her. Yeah, like when we talked about Tom Bombadil, there was a lot of weird theories. Um, but I feel like that was intentional on Tolkien's behalf. Whereas everything else in his lore was very well thought through and so deep. 
So, like, in specific, you're referencing, like, Tom Bombadil. You think he intentionally wanted him to be an extremely mysterious character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. Yeah. But I think other than that, nobody really has a lot of mystery that surrounds them. If you have a question, you'll find an answer. I think his lore is pretty in-depth. That guy was thorough. When we were researching Galadriel, I was like, oh my goodness, there's so much. What do I put I in I know. Here? That's the thing. If So you, you type in a question to Google about Lord of the Rings, and like you get the answer to your question, but then it makes you think of 10 more questions. It's almost overwhelming. It's so, yeah, it's crazy. And then 10 hours goes by, <laughs> and you've lost sleep. Yes. So, so true. Okay, so let's talk about her origins. Okay. So Galadriel is obviously an elvish character. She's an elvish lady. And she was born in Valinor, the Undying Lands. And she's one of few, right? That we see. That we see, Yeah, that I we think. see that were actually born in Valinor. I think that's correct. She okay. was born even prior to the start of the first age of Middle-earth. Okay. So she's a very ancient being. Okay. And yeah, I think you're right. She's one of the few that we see from Valinor that is actually residing in Middle-earth. Yeah. Okay. And apparently she was born during the years of the trees. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. With where she lives in Middle-earth. That and all, it's also referencing, I think, could be wrong, but it's also referencing trees the tr the two sort of sacred oh. trees that involve the development of the silmarils okay yes yeah. okay i see what you're saying yeah okay and her race is she's part of the noldor okay which apparently in sindarin means the knowledgeable ones and just for um you know clarification's sake what is sindarin sindarin is a elvish dialect okay yes See, there's just so much. Yeah. We're already, we're already so deep in We're this. already getting in the weeds a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So she's an elf, but she's also part of the Noldor sect of the elves. Correct, which is apparently the second oldest race of elves. Okay. Because there's different races. Okay. Tolkien's mythology is deep. Is so deep. So deep. Just track with us. Because this dude sat in an office and just developed this stuff over years. Yeah. I mean, he did a great job. I could never oh, do anything like that. His imagination was off the charts. Yeah. Um, so real quick, we'll try to jam through this. She has a pretty in-depth background. Um, but we'll, well say... she's super old. She's very old. And Tolkien addresses a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not the case of somebody like Tom Bombadil, but he does it with Galadriel. So she did not partake in any wars during the first age of Middle-earth. Okay. Believing that the Eldar, which I believe is a reference to the Elvish race, is that correct? Yes, okay. yeah. The Eldar could not defeat Morgoth. So she just pretty much wanted no part of it because she knew that he couldn't be defeated. I think she took the Switzerland position. She was like, you know what? I'm just going to be neutral. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and we see that a lot with elves anyway. Yes. We see that desire to not really get involved. Correct. Now, she was part of the Noldor Rebellion. Okay. Which included the Noldor, her her race of elves, leaving Valinor to go to Middle-earth. Okay. And she decided to stay in Middle-earth. And why, in order to rule? 
she did want to rule. She wanted okay. her own little patch of okay. Middle Earth. Okay. You go, girl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, get it. she obviously succeeded. Get it. Um, and she's the only one of her race of the Noldor to remain in Middle Earth. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. That is interesting. Um, everybody else went back to the Undying Lands. Yeah. I mean, she did eventually. Eventually. But... And we'll get to that a little bit later. But not for a very long time. Extremely long yeah. time. So during this whole thing, she meets an elf named Celeborn, which we actually meet in the movie. Is it Celeborn or Se... I believe it's it Celeborn. Ke- oh, okay. Okay. He's the one in the movies who goes, tell me, what is Gandalf? Because <laughs> yes. I'd much desire to, to speak, speak with, with him. him. Yeah, that's <laughs> Celeborn. Uh, oh, from that YouTube clip. <gasps> We're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Two yeah. Isengard. Two Isengard. Okay, we'll link that. Because yeah. if you guys have not seen that, oh, it's what a It's a pretty treat. good laugh. So is trolling Saruman. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry guys. We will uh, link that. Those two videos, though. Um, if you to, haven't seen them, you're probably one of very few people because yeah. I think they've both got like 200 million views. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. But it's really sorry. Good. Continue. Um, so I have much desire to speak. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, my bad. So her and her husband Celeborn begin to rule over Lothlorien. Which is the woodland, not the woodland realm. Not that's a woodland. Different, that's a, but that's the realm that we Thran, see. Thrandir. Thrandir. Yeah. yeah, but that is the realm that we see in Fellowship of the Ring. Which is closest to Mordor. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so, tell me, who's King Amdir when you were researching this? King Amdir is an elvish king. So Celeborn and Galadriel. Were actually sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? They were rulers of a region of Middle Earth, but under the authority of another ruler. Oh, okay. So they're kind of like okay. vassal, a vassal state, yeah, or something okay. almost. I see what you're saying. And then when this King Amdir, who's also an Elvish king, dies, Galadriel and Celeborn, it seems like go, oh, there's this vacancy. Let's go and take this thing over. Got it. Yeah. And so do you is it because she's Noldor because she's obviously higher than her husband? It would seem so, yes. And so is that because she's Noldor? I think that plays a part in it and as we'll we'll find out later, she's also kind of special when it comes to elven kind. That's true. She's not your average fae creature. No, that's true. She's definitely high up there. Yes. Um, okay, so then during the Second Age, a Maya named Anatar, right, uh-huh. um, approached the elves and guided their smith, Celebrim- Celebrimbor. Good job. Celebrimbor. Uh, in the creation of the Rings of Power. Okay, so a Maya, remember, uh, Gandalf is a Maya. Um, it's kind of like a a spiritual being that was put on Middle Earth to protect it. Yes. They're like some type of spiritual angelic being. Yeah. Okay. So Anatar comes uh, and tells them create these rings of power. But Galadriel immediately distrusted Anatar. Yes. And... She picked up a funky vibe. Girl, you right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that was Sauron in disguise. It sure was. So, I mean, if we learn nothing else from Galadriel, trust your instincts. 
Absolutely. She's got some good ones, which yeah. we'll find out a little later in the episode why maybe her instincts are so good. But she also took a ring, so, you know. Well, we're about to find out a little bit why. Yeah, okay. True. Yeah. True. So, Celebrimbor, who... Oh, you say that so much better than me. Celebrimbor. Celebrimbor. Okay. Celebrimbor. He's a master smith of the elves, and he, with Sauron's guidance, developed these rings of power. And too late found out all about what was behind Anatar, that he was really Sauron. And so Galadriel told him, dude, you got to hide that stuff. Okay. Get rid of these rings of power. But by that time, they'd already given nine to the race of men and oh. seven to the dwarf lords. We can argue that the nine are the worst, right? Oh, yeah, because... I mean, the dwarves, what, they lost them? Because according to Galadriel, men above all else desire. Yeah. Oh, Pat Powell. I was waiting for you okay. to finish. I'm sorry. You I go, was... you go, yeah, like you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And you're oh, like... No, I'm sorry. I thought that you were going to, I thought that was a long, uh, a dramatic, dramatic pause. pause. Yeah. You're the thespian between the two I, of us. Okay. It's true. It is true. <laughs> so he tells, Galadriel tells Celebrimbor, you got to hide these things. And because Galadriel, I think, knew all about Sauron, saw through his ruse from the very beginning. Celebrimbor entrusts her with one of the rings of power, one of the three elven rings. Mm. And what's the name of the ring? Nenya. Nenya, like Nenya business. Nenya business. Get out of here, Sauron. That's right. Uh, But real quick, so... It wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, Sauron wasn't a new thing at that point. He he was definitely a minion of Morgoth, right? Yes, he was. I believe he was known. Yes. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to. But he was disguised. That. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how he was disguised. Do you know? I I like don't in a, like in a cloak or like is he a shapeshifter? I think he can probably shapeshift. I'm sure he can. He's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's true. The vibe I got was that he made himself either look like a human or an elf. Oh, okay. Instead of like that armor-clad behemoth we see in the movies. I mean, scary. He's like eight feet tall. Yeah, at like, least. I would run. Heck yes. I wouldn't even be there, but... So, and Ninya... So, the different rings of power for the elves have different sort of abilities and different foci. Yes, and there's three for the rings... There which are, are still in play. There are three elvish the rings trilogy. that are still in play. And Ninya is the Ring of Water. Okay. Which I'm not really sure why it's called that because we'll find out what powers yeah, it holds. Yeah, that's kind of strange that it's the Ring of Water. Mm-hmm. Because we see Arwen use water. And so does that have something to do with that? Hmm. I don't think it has anything to do with Galadriel's ring. I think that's just an enchantment from the elves of Rivendell. Yeah, but the the Ringwraiths were were inherently afraid of the water because of the deep powers that the elves had within it, right? Or is that strictly the elves of Rivendell? I don't think it's strictly the elves of Rivendell, but Rivendell had different magic than because you know who else has one of the rings yeah, of power? Yeah, that's true. Is Elrond. I know. Eyebrows. Gotta love them. Eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> I remember looking up uh, the actor for the first time. Hugo Weaving? Yeah. And without the eyebrows, he's very unrecognizable. He's Agent... Oh, I knew exactly who he was. Oh, man. He's Agent Smith from The Matrix. You gotta draw those eyebrows so on. 
He's a very distinct face. I don't, I don't know. You got to draw those eyebrows on. Oh, observance, if, observance. You know what? If nothing else, elves know how to get their brows done. You know who else he is, right? Who else? You don't know? Oh, I don't know. Himes? He's V. He's V from V for Vendetta. <gasps> v for Vendetta. What? Yeah. Oh, my. That is such a good movie. Yes. We got to cover that on in November. Is it fantasy? Yeah. Oh, my that's goodness. As, Does Big Friday fall on November the 5th this year? <gasps> okay, come on. That's as much fantasy, I think, as Firefly is. Like a future. Oh. It does. No. Yes. Oh, we are doing a V episode. Even though it is maybe not fantasy, we're doing a V for Vendetta episode. Yeah, because it's our podcast and we are. So Remember, remember, <laughs> the 5th of November. Oh, such a great... Okay, sorry. Wow. Where were we? We were talking about Nenya. Nenya. Nenya okay. business. Nenya business, Saran. So anyhow, he she gets entrusted with Nenya. And originally... When Sauron rises to power in Dol Guldur, mm-hmm. she does not use Nenya. Okay, because that was my big question, which I didn't really research. It's kind of something that I've been pondering. So we have the nine rings for men. Yes. Three for elves. Correct. Three for dwarves. Mm, seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Seven for dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sauron. Okay. Yes. So that was my question was, does he not have dominion over those, the elves rings? So the elvish rings, the three elvish rings Celebrimbor crafted after he'd already figured out Sauron's oh, ruse. Oh, okay. Number one. Number two, Galadriel figured out that even though Celebrimbor had crafted them afterwards... Sauron still might have sway over them. Okay. Because it's his kind of idea. Yes. His uh, recipe. Yeah. Yeah. Recipe, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it might actually be called a recipe from like smelting and smith work. I think you might call it a recipe. Oh, yeah. I know. That's what. Oh, you know all about this. That's why I said it. Yeah. I forgot you were a smithy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So. Figgy smithy. Oh, my. Sorry. Gosh. A fig smoothie? Figgy Smithy. <laughs> yep. Um, so, Celebr- so Galadriel, excuse me, decides, you know what? This might still have a tie to Sauron, so she's not going to use the ring because if she did, it might alert Sauron and then he would wield influence over it. Can we say self-control? Oh, man. Okay, so two things. If you learn nothing else from Galadriel, mm-hmm. trust your instincts, have incredible self-control. She's a very disciplined person, slash elf. I'd put that queen. on ASAP. Mm, yeah, and then the world would be plunged into darkness. Thank it's you, fine. Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, it's fine, though. You won't walk to Narnia, but you'll end the world. Dark Lord, do your worst! <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so another little interesting thing here is, okay, so eventually she... I guess so we should finish this it. part. Yeah, Eventually, does she it. does use the ring after Sauron is defeated. For? Pardon? What does she use it for? Oh, oh, I, yeah. was, oh, I yeah, was about yeah. to explain that. I was just helping you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So she puts on Ninya and uses it to protect her borders. because, And this is what I thought was kind of interesting because it's the wa- ring of water. 
but Ninya's powers are for protection, preservation, and concealment from evil. Oh. Which makes that some sense. That concealment, that was intentional. From Celebrimbor. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And when you think about Lothlorien, mm-hmm. it's hidden from the world. Yeah. Right? The enemy can't find it. I just remember in the movie, Gimli. <laughs> Talking smack and then has an elf arrow in his yeah. face. Um, yeah, that's true. Because do other, I mean, other elves obviously know where it is. Elrond, Thrandru, Thrand, gosh, his name is so hard sometimes. Thranduil. 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 Yeah. Thranduil. Lots of consonants I in know. those elvish yeah. names. Bunch of jerks. Um, so so I, can they find it? I would imagine they could find it, but they're elves. And Galadriel has probably entrusted them with yeah, the information. that's true. But if you weren't, then you would just happen upon this wood and boom, arrow in your face. Then it's Ninja business. Ninja business. So she has the ring of water. Mm-hmm. Real quick, Gandalf has the ring of fire. Correct. What does Elrond have? Ring of air. Air. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Gandalf has the ring of fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lord of the Rings at this point has been out for 70 years, so I hope you Yeah, there are no spoilers. <laughs> there are no spoilers. Okay, so go ahead. Oh, you'd like me to continue in the narrative? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I thought was very interesting. Uh, she and Celeborn have a daughter together. This daughter's name is, I'm assuming because the other yeah. C names in Elvish are pronounced with a K sound, it's Celebrian. Yeah. Okay. Who marries Elrond. I saw that you wrote this in, and I did not know that. I didn't either before we started researching. I had no idea. So Galadriel is Elrond's mother-in-law, and Arwen's and Arwen's grandmother. I did not. That blew my mind. I had no idea. These elves, man. I had no idea. They keep it in house. Yeah. <laughs> keep it in house. <laughs> In the last homely house. That's what but they call she, Rivendell. Okay, but she was um, Noldor, full elf. Elrond was half. He's Elrond half-elven is his literal name. Yep. And so do you think she was mad about that? I don't think so because from what I understand, it's kind of like in Star Trek where if you're half Vulcan, half human, you can yeah. choose with which path you want to go down. I'm saying, yeah, like, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, you need to catch up no, on the Star No, that's Trek very thing. true because Arwen chose to be human. She did because Arwen eventually dies. Yeah, because she chose not to go back and she chose her human side yes. to be mortal. Himes is sad, but it's after her husband Aragorn slash King Elisar lives like another 150 years. Yeah, they're fine. They loved each they're other. Doing okay. Nobody remarried. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Elrond chose... <laughs> Himes, Himes loves soulmates. No remarrying if <laughs> but somebody dies. Elrond had a brother. The brother chose human. Elrond chose elvish. Oh, no way. Yeah. So Elrond got to be an immortal elf and brother was a human mortal and died. Oh, then he for sure died a long time ago then, right? Yeah, because Elrond's super yeah, old. so old. He fought in the... In the first, yeah. And he'd already been around for a while, I think. I mean, he looked the same, so I'd assume so. Well, they're elves. That's... Well, they have to be a kid, though. They're not just, like, born an adult. Yeah, at what point do elves stop aging? Probably when you hit your physical peak. Physical peak. Like, when you look the most attractive. Mm. 
That's rough for some of them. Yeah. <laughs> not for Galadriel. No, not Galadriel, not and... Arwen, not Thranduil, not... Uh, oh. Not Legolas. Oh, Legolas. Oh. That guy can keep aging and it wouldn't even matter. What does that mean? Yeah, that's weird. That's an that interesting statement. Look, <laughs> that, that he would look good regardless. If you push him around in a wheelchair, still... <laughs> well, no. I mean, he could peek at Come 50. with me, Legolas. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Elrond looks cool though too. He's intense. Yeah, he's an he's intense scary. guy. Maybe he aged more because he looks older because he's half human. May- Ooh, interesting theory. So another interesting fact about Galadriel is she was one of the initial people who helped found the White Council. Okay, which is good. The White Council is definitely supposed to be a force for good. Yeah, yeah. And so the White Council seeks to combat the influence of Dol Guldur, which is the stronghold of Sauron. When did she form this? This was formed, oh man, I'd have to look. It's either in the Second Age or early in the Third Age. Because we see that in the Silmarillion? No, I think that's in... No, it couldn't, yeah. Silmarillion is like super ancient history. I can't remember. Is yeah. it Lord of the Rings? It must be in Lord of the Rings. That information um, is all I can think of. So they sought essentially to combat Sauron's growing power. And the White Council is comprised of wizards and elves. Okay. And she actually wanted to make Gandalf the head of the council. See? Follow your instincts. And because she was... who was the head? Well, she was voted down and they made Sauron the mm. head of the White Council. Mm-mm-mm. You listen to Galadriel people. Which, did you know, there's like a bunch of instances in which the White Council wanted to go against Sauron and Sauron stopped it even prior to the War for the Ring because he said he wasn't convinced Sauron was back. Or excuse me, Sauron was back. Like as the necromancer? Yeah. Did he think that that was, like, separate? Well, I think Sauron was sort of... At one point, Gandalf becomes... This is pre-War of the Ring. Gandalf becomes suspicious that Sauron wants the One Ring for himself. And it actually causes animosity between the two of them. I mean, that's true, though. It is true. This is prior to the narrative of the Lord of the Rings. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh. And it caused animosity between the two of them until one point eventually Sauron is okay with them taking action against some of the evil forces of Dol Guldur. I mean, you have to give a little if you're trying to be See, secretive. And I think that's probably what Sauron... I think yeah. Sa- it's, it sounds like Sauron was a shady dude from the get-go. Which is so strange. And I think Galadriel knew it. Yeah. And eventually Gandalf figured it out. Yeah. But then I think Gandalf was willing to be like, you know what, maybe... Maybe Saruman's not so bad. Maybe I'm being too paranoid. Well, I mean, you have to think like Saruman's one of his kind. So he has to he has to hope that he's good. And technically the head of his order. Yeah. But and almost has a yeah, almost has an allegiance to him. Yeah. So So that kind of takes us through a lot of the prior to Lord of the Rings background of Galadriel. Yeah. So then we get to the War of the Ring. In which, of course, the ring has been located, right? Bilbo mm-hmm. finds it. Yeah. 
and then they figure out exactly what it is in Lord of the Rings and hence starts the entire Lord of the Rings narrative. Mm-hmm. And what do we see from Galadriel in the War for the Ring? Is she what what kind of role does she play? She's not like an active participant, but she's helpful. Yeah, she doesn't fight herself. Which is very typical of elves, I feel. Yeah, sort of. I would say I would say that I feel unless like you're they Legolas. stay out until they are very, very much needed. Do you think they're it's a reluctant help do you think that's because they view themselves as we're immortal we have a longer term perspective or something like that or do you think that you know some of the wise elvish leaders like galadriel and elrond were thinking you know what the time of the elves is almost over it's the age of men that's exactly what i think you think so the latter yeah okay yeah i think that um they had valinor on their minds mm-hmm. and man that's a good Name for a rock and roll song, Valinor on my mind. <laughs> Valinor on my mind. Uh, that reminds me, Galadriel was mentioned many times by, oh, what rock? Led Zeppelin. Yes, Led Zeppelin. Huge Lord of the Rings yeah. fans. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, like she she helped the fellowship immensely, yes. you know, when they needed it. But I don't feel like beyond that, you know, she didn't put herself out there. Do you disagree? I mean, she didn't put herself in bodily harm, no. In harm's way, bodily. Yeah. Um, but she did give the fellowship a lot of wonderful gifts mm-hmm. that helped That's them. That's true, yeah. Uh, some very that pow- she knew would help them. Oh, yeah. She gave Frodo the vial. Yeah. Which helped he and Sam immensely mm-hmm. in the tunnels with Shelob. That's true. Um, and she gave... I. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Side note. I want to, on a deep dive of Shelob. Mm, deep dive of a spider? She is not just a spider. Well, she's obviously a magical creature. No, she's like crazy power. No, deep dive that. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's like another episode. That spider's cray. Uh, I, okay. I'm down, but I mean, enough for an hour to talk about? Like, Sauron was afraid of her. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. We will have to do a little deep dive on this. Okay. And she gave Gimli three strands of her... Gimli asked for one strand of her hair. Galadriel gave gave him three. What did he do with that that hair? I don't remember. Don't ask, don't tell. Okay. Oh. In the movies it doesn't say, but do you want to know what happens in the book? Do I? He crystallizes it. He puts it inside a crystal and seals it. Oh, okay. Nothing creepy. Yeah, I thought it was going to be weird. Just reverence. <laughs> thought it was going to be super weird. No. Okay. He doesn't like stitch it into his clothing or anything like that. Okay. And in... <laughs> <laughs> How do we move on from that? Yeah, it got super weird. And in... So let's get to some good stuff here. So in the books, this isn't reflected in the films, but in the books, it is Galadriel who sends somebody to rescue Gandalf after he combats the Balrog and nurses Gandalf back to health and clothes him in white to symbolize his ascendance to the top of the order. See, I feel like we see that action in what they did in The Hobbit more. You How like, she nurses Gandalf back to health. Oh, like, yeah, the relationship she yeah. and Gandalf have. Yeah. And so I don't know if that was um, regret on Peter Jackson's part on not, 
you know, kind of showing that kind or of fleshing what? that out a little because bit because that is not seen in the movie. Like you said, it's in the book, but not in the movie. Yes. You know, uh, you kind of just see him go into a weird galaxy and yeah, he passes through fire. Yeah. And water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like some weird Star Trek, like yeah. light speed traveling experience. Yeah, yeah, but it in no way was Galadriel. Even remotely suggested during that, yeah. And so she nursed him back to health. And so she was obviously sent by, um, why am I, Iluvatar to do that? Er- Iluvatar? She's definitely a servant of the Iluvatar. Yeah. She follows the Iluvatar. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... She's on the side of good. She must have been under orders to do that, or... I don't know if she's under orders, or... Galadriel is an immensely powerful being. Yeah, I think beyond what we even know. Like, I think even somebody like Sauron would fear her. Yeah. And, like, not even want to challenge her. And I think even somebody like Sauron would feel her to be a very... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Worthy opponent. Worthy opponent. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, because I don't, I don't see them challenging Lothlorien in any way. I mean, eventually they do attack it three times. When? During the War for the Ring. I need to reread. <laughs> I really do. But it's they're been repelled. Such a, it's been such a long time. They're repelled each time. Okay. Okay. And Sauron won't show up to fight himself because he's a chicken. Yeah. He is a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, in anyways, after Sauron is defeated, it's actually Galadriel and Thranduil. That should be an L. Thranduil. And they're allies that go to Dol Guldur, which contains Mordor. It's like the stronghold of, of Sauron. They tear down the walls and empty the pits. Nice. Is what it says. Nice. So Galadriel's like, I'm done with this. Yeah, so they really get it done. They do. Like the elves don't want to be involved, but they will finish it. They won't start the fight, but they'll finish yeah, it. Yeah, they'll finish it. For sure. And they'll do it hardcore. And I think she uses the power of Ninja a lot during that process which makes sense water but i don't think it controls water yeah that's true it's weird we need to research that i guess why is it called water i don't know interesting stuff but anyhow uh just to kind of finish up this background portion because we spent a long time yeah we did yeah (laughs) she departs she stays in middle earth for a while after the war for the ring is over but then she departs with the other ring bearers Mm mm-hmm so herself, Elrond, Gandalf, Bilbo, Frodo, all mm-hmm. ring all ring bearers or former Poor ring bearers. Gollum. Um, I mean Gollum. If Gollum was alive, would he have gone on the boat? To the Undying Lands? Mm. He is one to be pitied. Gandalf guess, said it best. I guess. But then he kind of got his just desserts. They go to the Undying Lands in the Third Age, thirty twenty one. Okay. Thus ends our Quick, not so quick. Yes, background of Galadriel. Galadriel. Obviously, Tolkien was thorough. He was very thorough. To say the least. Uh, So let's talk about her personally. Mm -hmm. She's beautiful. She is apparently a queen of extraordinary beauty. Which is why you feel so comfortable around her and the warm and fuzzies. You know what? Kate Blanchett did a good job. 
She did. Which we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But she did a she did a very good job. Mm. I appreciated her. She has a gold hair streaked with silver. Which cool. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Silver as in like uh like grays, or do you think silver silver? I think like shiny, sparkly silver. Do you think that that's the hair that Gimli received was the silver of the silver kind? I think it was probably a combination. Mm. Of the gold and the silver. Like two gold, one silver. Let's go with that. That sounds okay. good to me. Two gold, one silver. Mm-hmm. Okay. You wrap the two gold around the silver. You do like a little braid. Put it in a crystal. <laughs> hang that bad boy up on your rearview mirror. You're good to go. Gimli. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, she's also super tall. Uh-huh. At six foot four. She's the tallest of all elven women. Which I kind of uh, thought that elves maybe were a little bit taller than that, but maybe taller it's just than six four. Well, maybe it's just because hobbits are so small. Yeah. So I guess comparatively, right. I thought that elves were a bit taller than humans. I don't. I think that might be true among. Yeah, I mean, she's the tallest elven woman at 6'4", but that doesn't mean other elven women also aren't pretty darn near six feet. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So. Okay. Um, and she is described in Tolkien's Unfinished Tales. It says this, And she grew to be tall beyond the measure of even of the women of the Noldor. She was strong of body, mind, and will. Even among the Eldar, she was accounted beautiful, and her hair was held a marvel unmatched. Hence Gimli's infatuation. <laughs> Weirdo. It was golden like the hair of her father and of her foremother Indus, but richer and more radiant, for its gold was touched by some memory of the star-like silver of her mother. And the Eldar said that the light of the two trees, Laurelin and Telperion, had been snared in her tresses. So her hair is... Holy smokes. Pretty powerful. <laughs> it's at least very eye-catching. Uh, I don't get a lot of people saying that about my hair. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not m- my hair either. Yeah. To be fair. So she's beautiful, I guess, is what we can uh, get from that. And she has great hair. Correct. That's what I That's what I pick up. You know, there was an elf lord at one point who asked for a strand of her hair and she refused. She said no. However, Gimli asked and not for one strand and she gave him three. But she was a fan of the dwarves, which was not like elves to be. In general, she was a fan of dwarves? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She knew their importance and she she liked dwarves. Do you think it's just because she liked dwarves or because Gimli was kind of special too? Uh, both. Did you know that Gimli gets to go to the Undying Lands? Yeah. With Legolas? Yeah. Because they are buds. Oh, okay. They're I like- have... I have said this, and I want to do a series on, like a like a dynamic duo series, mm-hmm. eventually. And Gimli and Legolas, Batman and Robin, Gimli and Legolas, yep, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan, yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great pairs. So <laughs> I think that'd be cool. Okay. Anyway, uh, so in her youth, she was considered prideful and ambitious. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the end of the Third Age, these uh, have been tempered down. So she's kind of not as prideful, not as ambitious. Yes. But still as powerful, still as scary. Or warm and fuzzy. 
terrifying. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we see that she's ambitious when she's young because she wants to leave Valinor and go to Middle-earth so she can get a piece for herself. Yeah, right? she wants to lead. She wants to rule. Yeah, she wants to rule. Yeah. So she's a little full of herself, I think, probably, which if you're that powerful, be hard not to be. Yeah. But by the time we see her in the Third Age with the War for the Ring, she seems like she's chilled out quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. She Even knows her place. She knows when to get involved. She knows uh, to resist the ring. She does. Which, which it says... Could, I mean, that was a crazy... Which, I, which it says in the story, in the book, she transforms herself into a vision of what she would be if the ring was in her possession. No, thanks. So she shows Frodo, you give me this ring dog, it's going to get crazy. Yeah. And then when she stopped, she looked more frail and wilted than she had before. Yeah. And she, uh, he wanted to give her the ring too. Because he wanted to be free of the burden, I think. And, yeah. You know, because Frodo saw Galadriel and was like, you know what? This gal gives me the warm fuzzies. <laughs> she seems great. Let's give her the ring. See? So don't be fooled, guys, by the great hair. Yes. They could be crazy. It's true. So. But she is, when we see her, when we encounter her in the third age, very wise and very powerful. Mm-hmm. And as a result, she is always heavily involved in the affairs of Middle Earth and is a very big time player in what occurs. Oh, yeah. And I would say the more biggest player? so than Gandalf. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, Gandalf is a major player, but I feels like, feel like a lot of times Gandalf does things at the behest of Galadriel. Yeah, yeah. I see her as the leader. Because of that hair, man. It's because of that hair. It's like, I will do anything for you. So she's super powerful. Incredibly so. Um, she's not just an elf, because we see other elf maidens. Right. And, and she, other elves in general. Yeah, and she definitely has greater power than that. Is it because she's Noldor? Or, I think that probably plays a little part in it. Because, yeah, like you said, we see other elves. Like, for example, Legolas. Yeah. Super cool. Really awesome character. He's an elf. He can't do the stuff Galadriel can do. No, definitely not. Yeah. Same thing with Arwen. Arwen's a very special elf. She can't do the stuff. She's half, though. She's a quarter human. Three-fourths elf. They say half, though. Well, okay, because I think she takes her father's yeah. last name. Yeah. Arwen half elven, Elrond half elven. Oh, okay, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, continue. It's okay. My bad. My bad. She is said to be the greatest of the Noldor after Feanor. Okay. And Feanor was the elf who crafted the Silmarils. Oh, and the father of Celebrimbor. P- nope. One of these days you'll get it. Celebrimbor. Correct. Who, backtrack, mm-hmm. made the rings. Yes. So, great family. Very powerful family. Son kind of lost his way. So did the father. <laughs> he gets the Silmaril stolen from him, and he's kind yeah. of an arrogant fella. So, I mean, don't create things, I guess, that you don't <laughs> know enough about. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, so she, uh, let's see here. So essentially what we, what we find in a lot of the literature is that for Galadriel, 
the nature of her magic is not well understood. Her, her na the natural magic that she possesses. Yeah, like we don't know what she can actually do, the full extent of it. Yeah, we know yeah. she learns it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it is also very clear that in the Third Age, where we get the most exposure to Galadriel, she draws tremendous power from her ring, Ninja. Yeah. Tremendous power. Okay. But we don't even know the extent of that, really. Not the full extent, but man, she keeps Lothlorien protected for oh, yeah. millennia. Yeah. And like I said in the, in the books, it's attacked. Lothlorien is attacked three times by the enemy. And three times they are repelled. Yeah. Which is pretty intense. So it works. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what other kind of cool powers does she have? Okay, so she can obviously, we see that she can kind of delve into the minds of others that mm -hmm. she has contact with. Yes. Um, and she can not even like up close, like it can even be at a great distance. Yes. Um, and that ability can be seen even with her mirror that she has. Yes. So uh, I kind of did a little bit more research on that. So it shows like the past, present, and future of whatever you want to see even. Wow. That's pretty crazy. I, I wouldn't want that. But I wonder if she uses it to communicate from a distance. Oh, I don't know. Because what I'm thinking of is, you know, she, we obviously know she can read people's minds or delve into their minds because when the Fellowship goes into Lothlorien, she looks into Frodo's mind. She also makes Boromir cower. Yeah. Because I think she's talking in Boromir's mind being like, dude, I know everything you're about. Mm -hmm. You're about to be toast type of thing. Um, so that's her up close to people that she's in contact with. But then in the caves with Shelob, she appears to Frodo and helps him up. Yeah. Okay. Stand up, Frodo. You think she does that with her mirror? I don't know. Unclear. Do you TBD. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll have to research more on the actual mirror. I don't even know if there's a whole lot to be found on it because I kind of looked. Yeah. This is what I kind of meant by... The nature of her magic is not always well yeah, understood. Yeah. She just has this mirror. Don't worry about it. But she's clearly super powerful. But she can see the future with it. Yes. To, she can definitely see into the future. Yeah. Or at least see potential futures. Okay. If you choose a path. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Because there's always free will to yeah. take into account. Yeah, definitely. She can also, I read this, it's pretty cool. She could also cloud her own mind from perception pretty intensely because at one point in the past, I think in the second age, she encounters Sauron. Sauron attempts to read her mind. He, Ooh. he cannot. Yeah, see, she's but super she can powerful. Read, but she can read his. Oh. So. You thought you knew Sauron. Yeah. You thought you did. Yeah. So we see her. Uh, so she's called a lot of things. Yes. She has a number of titles. The Lady of Lorien, Lady of Light, the Lady of Galadrim. Galadrim. Galadrim, I would say. Galadrim. <laughs> the Lady of the Wood. Uh-huh. Uh, and within Lothlorien, which is where she rules, mm -hmm. uh, she's just Lady Galadriel or the Lady. Yeah. Um, we also... See, isn't she, doesn't uh, Gimli say the Witch of the Woods or something like that? I think so when he's, when they're like going into the forest. Yeah, yeah. 
And right before the arrows in his face. Yeah, he's so like, there's she, a witch or something like that. She for sure overheard that. So that's probably what the dwarves call them. Call her. Oh, okay. Okay. But to her own kind, she has honorific titles. Oh, okay. Okay. And when she's with her husband, Celeborn, who all, who co-rules co Lothlorien with her, they're just known as the Lord and Lady. The Lord and Lady. I like it. It's I like simple, it simple and, according to you, terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Tell me what is Gandalf. Uh, a healthy fear. Okay. Yeah. Healthy fear, but also warm fuzzies. Okay. Well, we know why. Did you like? Oh did you like um, Kate Blanchett? Okay, according did, to you, clearly, clearly, yeah, <laughs> I did. I liked her a lot. I thought she did a good job. Did you know that Lord of the Rings was one of Kate Blanchett's very first film roles? She'd had I... very few. What? Prior to the Lord of the Rings. Oh, I did not know that. No. She was only, I think, Himes, I don't know if you can double check this for us, mm -hmm. but I believe Kate Blanchett was only about 25 when she first played wow, Galadriel really? in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, that was kind of the same as um, Liv Tyler, too. She's like 18 or something. That's false. In Lord of the Rings? Yeah. She's not 18. She's maybe in her 20s or early 30s, really? I think. Really? Not so. early 30s. No, she was pretty young. By the time Lord of the Rings was around, I think Liv she Tyler had been around for do. at least 10 years. She was 30 when filming started. Kate Boom. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett uh, was 30. What do you want to know? Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. How old was Liv Tyler? She was young. 21 tops. Oh, tops. Kelsey. 21? Yes. Dang it. I'm surprised we she was both, even that hey, young. We were both wrong. We were okay. both wrong. But Kate Blanchett had not been around long as an actress, as a film actress, when that happened. And then she got a very major role. Liv Tyler had been around for a little bit. She did some movies as a teenager and that sort of thing. But uh, I thought that Kate Blanchett did a great job. I, I appreciated her. She did a good job. She made a good elf. She is very elvish. Yeah. Very elvish looking. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And I don't I think have she any has, complaints about her, really. I think she has a really cool voice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Kind of deep. It's a little on like the deeper side, but at velvety? the same... Velvety? Yes. Deep and smooth. Yeah. Very... Like a good cup of coffee. Yeah, just pull... It does pull you in. It does. It pulls you in. So Agreed. She did a great job. She narrates in the beginning yeah. of the fellowship. Yeah. I can feel it in the water. Oh, yeah, she does a good job. She does. Thanks, Kate. Thank you, Kate Blanchett. We appreciate you. She's also in the Hobbit films. Yeah, which I don't... Okay. Which Galadriel is not in the Hobbit. No, she's not. <laughs> that was... I have... Yeah. Tell us how you it's feel. It's fine. I appreciate her. I appreciate everything. Yeah, it's not her fault. Mm. Um... The the thing about the Hobbit films, which frustrates me, yes, it was a lot of information that helped it tie into Lord of the Rings, okay, mm -hmm. but it operates under the assumption that you have seen Lord of the Rings, which most people probably have. Um, I watched it with a friend that had not, and okay. she had a lot of questions. Well, then that friend is behind the times by about seventy. But years. if you're, ha but if you have a prequel, you can't do that. 
or a quote unquote prequel. You really don't think that you can just you can assume that everybody that most people that are going to go see The Hobbit have also seen Lord of the Rings. I wish they had a true to book Hobbit film. A true to book Hobbit film. Yes, I I wish that they did. You wouldn't be able to squeeze everything out of it. That's very true. Well, I know. It wouldn't be three films, which is fine. You know what? I Okay, similar to the prequel trilogy thing that we talked about with Star Wars. Stop prequel hate. Stop prequel hate. Okay. You know what? I understand that you are a very passionate fan of The Hobbit. Yes. And you want to be a Hobbit purist. Yes. However, I felt like The Hobbit trilogy was enjoyable. Oh, it was? No, I agree. Uh Uh-huh. It was just a lot added to the story. There is a lot. There is. A lot. I would say 50% of the screen time was not in the book. Did you say 60? 50. Oh, 50%. 50% of what was on screen was not in the book. Yeah, that's probably true. But I think they're fun. They are fun. I'm not saying that they're not fun. Yeah. I can see what you're talking about. You can't call it The Hobbit then. But it's a... Oh my gosh. Anyway. Anyways. I just love The Hobbit. Kelsey, I know you do. A little quick trivia for you. Oh, yes. Galadriel is the only... Well, excuse me. One of only three characters to appear in all six films of The Hobbit... And the Lord of the Rings. Did oh, you read my phone? No, I didn't. Who okay. were the other two? Mm, for sure, Gandalf. Gandalf is one of them. Hold on. Okay. One of three characters to appear in all six Lord in of the Rings six. and Hobbit films. Ooh, I'm leaning towards Saruman, but I don't think so. Final answer? Yeah. Saruman, final answer? Yeah. It is Sauron. Oh. I mean, the necromancer. Is Sauron. I know. So are you saying that if Clark Kent was in a movie, that Superman wasn't in that movie? I don't know. It's fine. Okay, Sauron. Sauron. (laughs) Sauron, Gandalf, and Galadriel are the only three characters to appear in all six films. Arguably the three most powerful beings in all six films. At some point, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd throw Saruman up in there, but eventually uh, Gandalf surpasses him. I guess. I mean, when Wormtongue murders you, you're not that powerful. I mean, the Witch King of Agmar kind of owns Gandalf in Return of the King. The Witch King of Agmar and then was he gets killed by... And yeah. then he gets owned by a hobbit. It gets owned Eowyn. by Mary. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Nice try. By Dominic Monaghan. Uh, what a treat yes anyway so do you have anything else to say about galadriel you know not necessarily i think we've pretty much covered her like we talked about tolkien covers her pretty thoroughly yes in all of the books that he has that have been released written by him yeah and with the films so there's some stuff that we don't know about her but in the end of the day it's a little bit i don't know Trivial. Trivial. Yeah. We know the big stuff. We do. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. We agree. We finally, we agree. Check us out. Check that out. So I guess if you want to continue the journey, follow us on social media at Instagram, on Instagram at the fig pod. 
Um, also on Twitter under the same handle, and you can become a patron on Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash the fig pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss another episode of the Fantasy in General, Fig for Short, podcast. Bye, Figgies. See you later, Figgies. Thank you.